Jacob's research is awful. Picking dodgeball players, I'm picking the kids that can throw the ball. Uh, I just blew LeBron. I don't care what team. Uh, okay. No, it's okay. They did a broadcast this morning. and had like one viewer. Good job, guys. Uh, <laughs> that was me again. Sure. Did we ever see a cover of Eddie Murphy's Party All the Time? But this is the Lions we're talking about. So anything's possible. Kicker, long snapper. <laughs> Nobody else that's, matters, right, Darren? <laughs> no, that's me. That's me. It's top five time. Top five. Today. Wow. Did you really say that this congeniality is better than the blind side? I, I say he dressed like a hooker. This is at a diner. You know, show some respect, show some class, and just don't be a bunch of dummies. See, I think there are other better gangster movies than Scarface. For God's sakes, look at your goddamn boots. For God's <laughs> sakes, starting to grow roots. Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of the ADG Podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm Jacob. And we have we are joined by a special guest. He just made a brand new documentary about what it's like being a Detroit Lions fan. And me and Jake both agree that if you are a Lions fan, you know the pain and suffering that this team has put you through throughout the, these many, many years and many decades. You have to see this. It's called Heart of a Lions Fan. We're joined by the director, creator of this wonderful documentary, Michael, Michael Vanderpool, joins us on the ADG podcast. Michael, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great. So, so first question is, base, why? Why make this documentary? So, uh, I mean, like the, the, the first shots that you see in the film and that first little monologue there that I give at the beginning about, yeah. you know, the question, whether or not I want to raise my son. Like, that was a legitimate <laughs> moment. Like, that was after that Packers game with the Hail Mary. Um, I shot that little clip with my son threw it together with the, the voiceover, and then I um, sat on it for about a year. Um, finally showed it out, and uh, I think Matt Derry was one of the first people that saw it, and he was just like, dude, you got to do something with this. You got to do something with this. So I talked to a producer friend of mine, um, Brad Burkhart, showed it to him. He liked the idea, uh, found a director of photography and another producer, Matt Barth, who, who liked the idea, and uh, we just... Basically, a couple weeks later, started shooting. Uh, so you spent a lot of time going to the tailgates, talking to many different people, uh, lifelong Lions fans, new Lions fans. And basically, what was uh, the reaction people were giving you when you were approaching them and asking them questions about this documentary? Uh, everybody was like ridiculously awesome with just how cool and hospitable they were with just wanting to share you know um we've all got shared moments with our alliance history but then each of us has like those individual things that uh that we remember and, and i think that was just the, the coolest part about the whole thing is like even though these were strangers on the street that we were running into like within 30 seconds right we've all got the shared history um and are almost just immediate friends you know right so, uh, like, you interviewed, how many people did you actually interview for uh, for this documentary? Man, you know what? When I finished it, I had actually counted everybody. And now I don't even know for sure, because um, there's a lot of stuff that, that we couldn't fit into the, the film itself just for time. Mm -hmm. um, but it had to have been close to 50 people. 
Wow. Uh, out of out of those 50 people, did you have one favorite interview where someone said something so poignant, so like, aha, that's like, I, I can totally understand why this person wants to be a Lions fan throughout their entire life? Um, I mean, you've got guys like, you know, uh, Ron Cracciola, Crackman, you know, one of, probably one of the more famous, famous Lions fans. Right. He's just a fun guy, you know what I mean? Like in the mm-hmm. film, he's got his line there about, you know, guys selling their boat after they go, don't catch any fish, just cracks me up every time I hear it. <laughs> um, uh, but then I think that the moment that really sold this for me or kind of made this for me was um, when we were interviewing Kevin Lawson, he was talking about that uh, trip to the Thanksgiving Day game uh, with his dad. I think that was that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that that's when I felt like, wow, we've there's something more here than just a, fo- a story about people watching football games, right? There's something right. deeper here. Exactly. Right, and I and I really I really like this uh, documentary. And again, no, no, not too many spoilers because we really want people to see it. Now, what I think is this whole documentary really gives an insight to not us because we we live in the surrounding area, we experience it, um, even though we're across the river from you. Um, in Canada, it's, the Detroit Lions are our team, but I think it gives a good glimpse to um, the national media or even the fans outside of, well, in the rest of the U.S., that our fans of other teams, what we as Detroit Lions fans kind of have to go through and have gone through and gives them a glimpse of, well, it's, hard, it's a harsh word, but the suffering that we, we have gone through for so many years. And I think it begins to give them an understanding I think what you've done here is opens the door for them to kind of understand what and uh, what it means to be a Lions fan. I thought it was that was great. A lot of insight, a lot of detail, cool. especially with the last interview. Yeah. For me, people, yeah, I thought they are media people, but when they're telling their story about watching the Lions and stuff, you know, they're telling it as fans. So you've got their perspective, then you've got then you've got these. I don't know how old you guys are, but you know, I'm 43. We've got you know some of these 20 year old guys who're like, oh man, it'll be better next. No, we, we, I think a, a common phrase that we hear is that, you know, when a new coach comes in or a new GM comes in, you know, it, it's that moment when you talked about in, in the film when that person becomes lionized and yeah. and, and, and it becomes uh, and you hear it on the radio all the time when you hear the same old lions because that person become lionized. It, it, you were talking about like, is it a curse? Is it, you know, is it just something about this team that is just doomed for failure for the rest of, I, 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 I don't know, our, our lives? It, 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 you pretty much got to accept the fact that it's going to be forever. That's the only way you can survive. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect anything, folks. Yeah. It's been six years. Don't expect well, anything. Well, as a, as a, as a filmmaker, and, and your passion for the team obviously comes through in the movie. What do you think of uh, the new campaign of sell the team? Man, it's hard, right? But I get it. I mean, as a fan base, we are so frustrated, right? Like we put, you've seen, you've been, you've been to tailgates and seen some of the stuff the fans do for this team yes. um, and how much they support the team. And we just want to see, we just want to have a chance, right? We just want our season not to be over in freaking October. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, <laughs> that's all we really, really want. And for so long, I've been, you know, never been a uh, sell the team or fire Ford type of guy. But, man, there's one constant. Over 60 years of trying it, 62 years now of trying every single different thing from coaches to quarterbacks to who knows who, right? The one constant is ownership. Exactly. You brought it up in your documentary that the day that William Clay Ford bought the Lions, John F. Kennedy Jr. was shot. In yeah, Texas. I think that was Fred. Yeah, that was uh, Freddie the Pizza Man. Credit him yeah. for that one. Exactly. Freddie's a great guy. I don't yeah. think I've ever get you to talk to Freddie, but Freddie's a great guy. Yeah. No. It. It. it I, and I think you know that that's not a good sign, right there. You know, <laughs> maybe if he would have waited or bought bottom the day before, maybe it would be different. Um, there's just something, right? Um, there's. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. There's like a a short ESPN did about the Lions and the Curse, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's like. Uh, uh, what the heck is them people that talk to ghosts? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like about like whether or not there was a curse. And, and, exactly, yeah. right? There's yeah. Something, there, there, there's something. There's something it, here. It, exactly. It, there has to be. There, yeah. there has to be. The, the odds odds for, look how what the odds are for these teams that just to make the playoffs, at least mm-hmm. when a, a playoff game, look at the odds and, you know they're they're pretty decent. You can be half decent and make the playoffs and have an opportunity. The Lions just stumble. <laughs> yeah. It's always something, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's it's like, uh, and, and I tell Jake all this time because we always recap the Lions game on every podcast. And, I, and it's I, painful. It, yep. It's painful. But I, how, I, do guys, how do you guys do that anymore? Uh, we, we, we drink so I, a lot. We drink a lot. Yeah, you know, and I yes, heavily. I listen to Matt Derry a lot because you know, he's, he's just uh, a friend of mine that I've kind of helped to make this thing even happen, right? And I'm like, how do you do this, dude, every single day? These guys in the radio, like Courtney and Belizean, and then mm-hmm. I, I don't listen to 97.1, but like those guys, man, it's like, what can you do anymore? But just shake your head, right? <laughs> that's like, true. And we had Belizean on our show before, and that guy's super positive. We love him, but man, that's it must that must be really hard. Yeah, he 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 tries to. But Mike, let me ask you this: like, is it? it do you think that all these Lions fans come together because we are a bunch of losers and haven't won? anything since 1957 could, could it be that like this terrible team brings people together um yeah i mean th- there's obviously some of that right like it's just this shared experience that we have and and yeah it's 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 easy to you know be a patriots fan right now right right um, it's easy to be a steelers fan why do you think there's so many stinking steelers fans all over the place mm-hmm um, but being a Lions fan requires a level of like toughness and willingness to put up with BS mm-hmm. that I don't think you do as an individual, right? You got to find a group of people who you can uh, commiserate with, right? Um, 
because no one else gets it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like even Browns, like I know Browns, Browns aren't even the, the team that's in Cleveland right now isn't even the Browns anymore. So like I don't even get what their whole, you know, but Lions, man, it's different, dude. It's different. Yeah. Well, at least in theory, the Browns actually, you know, became a better team in Baltimore. But, you know, so they kind of had a, a way they could go. Hey, I, I'm still, I'm still hoping that someday the Detroit Lions become the London Lions, and I can, I can uh, <laughs> go, go some of those games. It would only make there, sense, right? There you go. Yeah, it, it, it would take our team to either have the threat of relocating or, uh, or, or uh, being sold to, uh, to really get. Uh, you know, the fires going under whoever is going to take over this team because, the, well, uh, we talked earlier before the interview started that you didn't watch the game yesterday. And unfortunately I had the privilege of watching it live and it was just seeing, I've seen a game there when it was sold out crowd, but seeing that yesterday when it was like, I would say maybe 65, 70% full, uh, it, it 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 wasn't the same thing. Like it wasn't the same atmosphere. People weren't really positive because there's nothing positive about yeah. this team to be positive about. Um, is is this something that we're just gonna have to you know have another? We're just finishing one decade of garbage. Are we in store for another losing decade in in the 2020s? So. Right. Yes. We've had Stafford for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Stafford is, goes down this season, and how many games have we won? None, Zero. Right? Yeah. Basically, we were an 0-16 team before him, 0-16 team without him. <laughs> so 11 years of not having to draft the quarterback position, right. we built nothing. <laughs> like if that doesn't just tell you what 10 years means, yeah. or, or you know what I mean? Like, there's what have we ever seen that's going to give us any bit of hope that this team can actually get its group in a group? I haven't seen anything. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and but that's and that's why though, like the going to the games and letting your afternoon be dictated completely by whether or not the Lions win or lose mm-hmm. it's just a recipe for misery right <laughs> like yeah you can get irritated that they lose but yeah. man after about four thirty, you know 5 o'clock by the time that second game starts he's yeah. got to let it go I mean exactly. you see these players on Twitter they're letting it go before they're even <laughs> off the field right exchanging yeah. jerseys everything else like that mm-hmm. I, just, I just think like we care so much as fans and I get it right the whole fanatic all that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. But being a Lions fan, man, if you're there for the wins and losses, whoo-wee. Right. I, I think what I, all of I our stats are saying. I got a documentary for you if you're there for the wins and losses. That you see. <laughs> <laughs> I think exactly. uh, as fans, we're so pent up as in this area for the team to do something. We'll take mm-hmm. anything and make try to make it matter. You know, that they win a game. Okay, good. They're back in it. There's something positive yeah. there. Yeah. You know, I, I think we're making stretches for and grabbing out straws here. I think right. the overall picture needs to change. Uh, Mike, I, I wonder, did you ever try to reach out to the Detroit Lions for this documentary? Um, yeah. And uh, they, they, they yeah. politely declined? Uh, I will say no comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
Okay. Well, at least you got an answer. Nobody that yeah. answers to us. So. I, I think that's, uh, that's, uh, that's at least you can do is get someone that works for a team or represents the team in this documentary just to get their perspective on these I, diehard fans. Yeah. I will tell you this. Uh, I don't, one of our producers asked if we could interview Martha and told no. So, oh, okay. We, we tried, folks. We tried. Hey, that's that's all you can do. That's all you. It doesn't hurt to ask. Exactly. Yes, but but if if you were to let's say if Martha Ford uh, did agree to do an interview with you, what would be the first question you would ask her? I mean, for for sake of the documentary, right? It would be like, just can you can you empathize with the fan base? Like, can you even begin to put yourself in the, sh- in the shoes of, of what the fans go through? Right. Like how much this honestly, what this team means to so many people, not just from Detroit, you know, but Canada, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yep. Yep. Um, even, you know, talking to people, I know people who are Lions fans living in Green Bay, for goodness sakes. What that's what that gotta be like. Sunday <laughs> in the freaking calendar, is there? Yeah. Um, and, and just like what 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 is it? Like mm-hmm. what are they I, I don't even know. I don't even know. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we we all think that we would, you know, just want to land baser, but you know, then again, she's 95 and just probably doesn't even know what day it is to be honest with you. Um, and, and even like, like the whole team and everything, like I'm sure that they're all trying to win, you know, from, I give Rod Wood heck on my Twitter page, right? I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the job that Rod Wood has done. Rod yeah. Wood's the person, you know, yeah. I think it's great. And you know, you treat people with respect to people, but when it comes to like, the job that this football team is doing, everybody's trying to win, yet nothing is working. And what? What is it? I mean, we've hired Super Bowl coaches. We've had people selecting candidates for positions. I mean, college coaches, coordinators, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. And nothing works, man. Exactly. It's well, embarrassing if they're hiring you. No, I say with Martha, it might just be, hey, Martha, I think you probably need a hug, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's got to be hard being her, right? Because you yeah, want to win. Yeah. You want to win. Yeah. You don't like seeing well, those banners in the, in the stands. What owner would like seeing, seeing a banner of themselves? And I'm sure it hurts the kids, too, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, Here's a hug for you. As fans, we pay for everything, so we feel like we've got the right to be that critical. Of course. Um, That's fair. Yeah. Well, as a follow-up to that, now, do you think maybe she, uh, the their problem is they don't know the business. They don't know the football business. Now, now Rod Wood isn't really a football NFL guy, is he? You know, then they hired these guys who, from New England, who promised a lot, came from a certain type of football business that they do down there, and they relied too much on that. Like, look at when they did the job search for uh, a GM and a coach. They didn't didn't do it internally, thank God, like they usually do. They asked the NFL to help. Well, maybe yep. that wasn't the way to go either. Well, yeah, that's like I said earlier. Everything they do is wrong. Bill Belichick could probably come here next week, next year, whatever, 
Salt Lake draft position. I don't care who we draft. We can draft anybody, and it, it never works here. When, when does it work? Exactly. You know, Stafford and Calvin, okay, and Barry, but what did we get? With some of the greatest in the game, what did we get? One playoff win. Yeah. Cool. Go for the food and the people. <laughs> I think oh, oh, overpriced drinks. That, that's yeah, I, yeah, and I mean it's kind of it's kind of defeatist sometimes to think that way. But like when I think about myself, even a few years ago before making this movie, I was throwing the remote control and like being pissed off the whole freaking afternoon after they lost them. And after a while, I was like, what, 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 what is that? Like my wife didn't even want to watch the games with me anymore. I'm like, wow, this is dumb. <laughs> why, why, what am I doing? Yeah, and then making all there now. Yeah, and and making this movie and meeting people. I mean, dude, the Jets game last year. Remember the first game of the year when was was it was it Quinn that made that interception run back first play of the game? Or no, no, I believe it's it was Diggs. Diggs, Diggs, yeah, Diggs, Diggs, right? The guy that they traded away for a fifth round pick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, so I remember turning around in the stands. I was at that game. High five and Kevin Lawson, the guy in the movie. This yeah. is our year. This is our year. This is our year. <laughs> and then just that complete slide off of the cliff. Off of yeah. a cliff. Yeah. But dude, at the end of that game last year, there were still fans in the seats. I sat there till after the game was over, and I'm looking around, and there are still Lions fans in those seats watching that game. I'm like, wow, what the heck is wrong with with you people? And I'm looking at my, and I'm sitting there too. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> So, so, so this film that you made really gave you um, a platform to vent as a Lions fan all the heartache and and anger that you know they have given you throughout the years. So now that it's out and people can see this, it, it, so basically you're saying that this was pure. This is very this movie process that you made was very therapeutic for you. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, because as a Lions fan before this, you know, I didn't have my, um, uh, the closest person I had to watching games with me, um, other than Thanksgiving with my family, was a, was a guy from college, right? Um, and then the, old, the second person to actually hang out and watch games with me was my wife, her being a Lions fan. But then when I started being this insane Lions fan throwing the remote and stuff, <laughs> and she didn't want to watch it with me, I kind of just had, I was had nothing right i had no like people to watch this stuff with to even commiserate with to, to share yeah. some stories with. um yeah. this film totally changed all that i mean i can still go to tailgates and see people from when we shot you know two and three and four years ago mm-hmm. um and catch up with them like old friends and it's awful i mean that is definitely the best part of this whole thing it is is uh the, the part of the lion's family that i'm that uh that i get to hang out with now and spend time with Absolutely. Is is there any plans for uh, uh, future documentaries about the Lions or any upcoming projects for you? Um, we had talked about wanting to do a, uh, and I'll probably give this idea away to somebody else because I don't have the time or energy to do it right now, um, a documentary on the number 20 as it relates to the Detroit Lions. Okay. Um, you know, we've got three really great players that all wore the number 20, yeah. um, kind of looking at a, a history of Detroit told through those three players and their time in Detroit. I thought it would be kind of cool. Cause you know, the, the whole football chronologically of, of all the dumb stuff that's happened to the Lions, that's kind of played out. Right. Cause, right. And that'd be a movie that would never end. I <laughs> no. mean, I think every, be, year, you know, every year, every year, just yeah. still playing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
so, so that was that was something that be that would be cool. And then I've got a couple um, feature length scripts uh, that I've written that are set in Detroit that may try to get produced someday. But uh, I teach college, so I'm kind of busy. Great. Most yeah. of most of the year. That's fantastic, though. But well, Michael, we we really enjoy having you on the podcast. Make sure you check out the film. It's it's on Amazon Prime. Is that right? Yep, Amazon Prime. So there you go. Check it out. the The heart of a Lions fan, uh, the pain and suffering. Uh, there's good. And, there's good time. Yeah. Good oh, time oh, please <laughs> don't get me wrong. There, there has been uh, glimmers of hope. It's a great story. It's yeah. a great story. It's what we all live through. It's great. It, exactly. But yeah, yeah. but you really, if you're a true Lions fan, and and if you're not a Lions fan and you're not from Detroit and you and like what do they really go through watch this documentary it'll tell you exactly what the pay, what they go through because uh, what one of the parts that you brought up in your documentary when when Barry got his 2000 yard I was at that game and I remember oh, wow. it, it was a it was I was a little kid uh, when that happened and I remember it was such a high and then very low when um, uh, Reggie Brown was on the field uh and couldn't move and they had to stop the game for at least 20 minutes 30 minutes to get them uh, carted off just little things like that when it's supposed to be a joyous occasion and then some some freak thing happens to lions it just seems well, to happen all the all the time and just think about this man like even going to the games anymore mm-hmm. like every time there's a great play i don't immediately cheer anymore because i'm looking <laughs> for right like that's just <laughs> that's just the way it is man exactly that's true that's true there's a new <laughs> rule being made hold on <laughs> yeah well well, well and, that, and that's the thing a lot of the these lions plays cause rule changes in the nfl like obviously c- completing the process that was a big one that the like calvin johnson rule whatever you want to call it you know batting the ball out or, of the end zone you know or, or like the the 10 second runoff which yeah. was kind of like the first time that ever I think <laughs> happened, right? Like yeah. rules that are on the books only get you know the first time they're used is on the Lions. That's right. And we we didn't even get into the film into the, like all the records that have been set against the Lions, right? I mean, <laughs> yes. heck, even that's another to... film. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's perfect. That's great. Well, the film is Heart of a Lions fan. You can find it on Amazon Prime. I, I highly recommend this documentary. Jake saw it the other day. 100%. It was, it was well done. Uh, Michael Vanderpool, thanks for joining us on the ADG Podcast. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it very much. Anytime. So that's it uh, for the ADG Podcast. I'm Darren. And I'm Jacob. And we are ADG.